Well, I see that it's just about time for us to wrap up and go to lunch. Uh, 1121 by the official clock back there. I've loved everything that has happened this morning. This week I've been, uh, I've been wrestling, thinking about what I want to say and sort of picking up last week with what we were talking about, and, and I told my wife, I said, it's, it's easier to write a sermon than it is to listen to the Holy Spirit. That says something <laughs> to a preacher um, who wants to listen to the Spirit at all times, um, but it is easier just to open the Word and to write a sermon than it is to wait on the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you. This morning I was looking at the program. We don't normally have a prayer scheduled um, where, where it was scheduled. Scott, I'm not sure why you did that, but it seemed like uh, everything that was happening this morning just like the Holy Spirit would just seem to be leading it and guiding it. Um, Landon sent me a text about our brother Mike Allen that Janie had sent, said that he's, he's not feeling real well, and uh, he had his first chemo treatment this, this week. Landon and I were able to go and pray with him um, before that happened, and so obviously he's, he's not feeling good. He's struggling, but she said, we're watching this morning. We want you to know we're, our family is gathered, and we're watching this morning, and so I, that was on my mind. I was going to get up here and pray. And then this unscheduled prayer, Keevan comes up and he prays for our brother Mike. And I just, I don't know, I'm just thinking the Holy Spirit of God is a beautiful thing, is it not? He, he, he orchestrates things that, that I, could, I could not orchestrate or, or even manipulate. Um, so it's very humbling. Uh, it's very humbling this morning, everything that has happened um, we believe, I believe, that the Holy Spirit is here with us this morning, and he is leading us, and he is guiding us, and so my prayer is, and always is in my own life, I know God is leading, I know his Spirit is leading and guiding, my prayer is that I would be more attentive, that I would realize it, and that I would follow. So, let's see what we can do this morning. Uh, in the time that we have left, which is really all the time I feel like taking, I guess. <laughs> no, <laughs> one, one, one person chuckled. <laughs> Let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Just to set the stage uh, from last week, you remember that David and his men had been living in the Philistine territory for uh, over a year, uh, almost a year and a half. Uh, the Philistine king is getting ready to go out to battle. David and his men are, are coming up uh, in, in, in the rear, in the, in the flanks, and the Philistine leader said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. We don't want these Hebrews to go out fighting with us. And the Philistine king says, no, 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 David is good. He's, he's been with us for a long time now. He's on our side. And they said, we're, we're not so sure of that. 
We don't want them to go in battle because they may turn on us during the battle. So the king says, David, go back. Go back to Ziklag where you've been living. And so they go, and they've been gone for three days. When they return back to Ziklag, what do they find? Everything is gone. The city is, on, is smoking. They've, it's been set afire. All of their wives, all of their children, their livestock, all of their possessions have been raided by the Amalekites. What is the first thing that happens when they find out this? So David, I'm in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 4. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. The first thing that they do is they weep. They weep aloud. Something precious has been stolen from us. Notice that they don't say, well, you know, my wife was a little cranky and uh, the kids were not really well behaved, so I can always, you know, get more wives and more children. <laughs> That's not what they said. They wept. They wept aloud. Why? Because something precious had been taken from them. The first thing we have to understand and realize is that something has been taken from us. Okay, we were talking about last week, how do we reclaim our stuff? How do we get our stuff back? The, the sermon title this morning, I, I had to come up with something because Krista is always hounding me on Tuesdays. Got to have it, got to have something. Reclamation application. How do we apply what we talked about last Sunday. One of the knocks on preachers is you, you, you throw out this great lesson, you throw out all this truth, but how do we apply it? How do we make application in our lives? And that really is, that really is the essence of, of what we need to do in Bible study. It's not about acquiring knowledge. It's not about being able to memorize a lot of verses. It's about putting that into practice. So how do we do that? So I, on our way up to uh, Indianapolis this past week, I, I threw that out there and I said, you guys be thinking about this. I had a couple of shepherds in the van with me and I said, how do we practically apply this and do this? I want you all to be chewing on that. One of them said, you know what? I don't know if we ought to be too specific because if you, if you get real specific now, people can't go where they need to go, you know? So I'm like... <laughs> Do I make application? Do I not make application? I don't know. But the first thing I know that has to happen is that if we are going to reclaim that which uh, the devil has stolen from us, and you understand we're not talking physical, we're not talking physical things. We're talking about relationships, brokenness, broken relationships, husbands and wives, parents and children, Neighbors, people that we know, things that have truly, things that really matter that have been stolen from us by the devil. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So how do we reclaim those things? The first thing that came to my mind when they wept, 
uh, I'm reminded of what Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. He wrote them some, some tough things, and he said, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 7, um, somewhere in there. He said, I, you know, I, I'm sorry that, that what I said hurt you. This is, this is Rodney's revised standard, okay? You can go read the chapter today and you'll, you'll understand. I'm sorry that what I wrote you hurt you, but he said, at the same time, I'm not because what happened when I wrote to you is it caused godly sorrow. You were truly sorry, and godly sorrow brings about repentance. <laughs> Not that these guys, I guess, had anything to repent for here in 1 Samuel, but it's the first thing that comes to my mind. There are some things that we need to repent of. There are some things I need to repent of. Because God is, is not going to restore us. He's not going to bless us unless we first bow before him and repent. Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. We don't stand and pray, oh God, thank you, thank you that I'm not like other people, that I'm not like this sinner, like this tax collector, but we beat our breast and we bow before God and we say, oh Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now maybe we have the chance to reclaim some things. Notice secondly, after they wept aloud, verse 7, David said to Abiathar, Abiathar had been the high priest, but when, when Saul went on a rampage, he was angry, he was trying to kill David, he also killed many of the priests, and Abiathar escaped, and he, he's, uh, he's with David. So David goes to him, the first thing he does, and he says, bring me the ephod. The ephod was a garment that the priest would wear. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord. Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? See, the high priest would wear this, this ephod, and within the ephod, uh, the, the scholars are not really sure how all of this played out, but the ephod contained what was known as the Urim and the Thummim. I think I'm saying that right. Does anybody know? No, you don't know. So it's, it's Urim and Thummim. Well, that's what we're going to call it. Urim is a word that means lights. Thummim means perfections. So the idea is that this would cast the perfect light, the perfect light. So uh, there's some conjecture as to exactly what the Urim and Thummim was. Was it actually connected to the ephod or was it just contained within the ephod? Some say it was uh, gemstones uh, that maybe had a, a yes or a no uh, on it, and when they would inquire of the Lord, it would, like, maybe casting lots or something like that, but God would reveal his will to the people. So after they wept, after they realized we've lost some things that are precious to us, the very first thing David did, he took solace, he took comfort in the Lord, and then he went to the priest to inquire of the Lord. What would we say, what would we call that today, inquiring of the Lord. We'd call it prayer, wouldn't we? 
We're going to go to God. We're going to pray about something, and we are going to inquire of him. God, what would you have us do? What would you have me do in this situation? The word came to David, yes, go, pursue the raiding party. You will overtake them. And so that's what they did. But the first thing that David did, the very first thing, go to the priest, bring me the ephod, let's inquire of the Lord. That's been on my heart so much this week about God, how do, we, how do we reclaim the things that we've lost? How do we mend the broken relationships? Maybe there are some husbands and wives who need to look at each other this afternoon and say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I repent. I repent of some things. I am responsible for the, for the chasm that exists between us, and I don't want that chasm to exist any longer. I'm sorry. I repent. Maybe some husbands and wives need to do that today. Maybe some mamas and daddies need to go to their children and say, we're sorry. We repent. Please forgive us. That... It takes, a, it takes a, a, a big man, it takes a big woman to admit that, to, to say to their children, we, we've made mistakes, we're sorry. Please forgive us because we, we want to mend relationships. Oh, life is so short. Life is so short to, 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 to have a space, a space between people that we love. And you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. It exists in every family. It exists between spouses. It, we, we, we pass each other in the hall, and we say nothing. We go about our lives. We're like two ships that pass in the night. No communication. And if we're not careful, we just drift further and further apart. That's not what God desires for us. So some husbands and wives, some parent-child relationships, we, we just need to say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And it all starts with prayer. It all starts with inquiring of the Lord, lifting up these burdens, telling God we're sorry. And so I want to do that this morning. We, we prayed last Sunday uh, about this. But something that we did uh, this past week in our seminar is that, and I don't know, there were 1,000, 2,000, I don't know how many people were there. It was a lot of people. But we were, we were just asked to turn to, to people around us to gather in groups of twos or threes or fours and to pray. And so sometimes, and we even did this in several of the classes that I attended, we just turned and I, you find yourself praying with people that you don't even know that you just met strangers, but you knew that you had this same love for God, this same desire to be pleasing to him. So I want us this morning, just for a few moments, to turn and to pray with those around us, to just say, God, help us as we are striving to, to reclaim things that Satan has stolen. We acknowledge to you that that sometimes we have given things away 
I said last Sunday, sometimes Satan just steals things from us, but sometimes we're at fault. Our own flesh, we just give things away. But it's time for us to get them back. So would you this morning with me just turn to the people around you, turn to the pew aside, maybe get up and, and go to someone where they are and just let's just spend a few moments in prayer asking God to lead us by his spirit, to guide us. And uh, we, can just, we can just pray as a body. Pray with the people around you. And we'll pray quietly so as, as not to overtake the people around us, but let's just let's spend some time this morning praying. Father, you have said that your house would be a house of prayer. Father, I just love hearing the voices this morning. Your children praying to you, the only true and living God. And Father, we, we realize that this avenue of prayer is only made possible because of Jesus, because of what he's done. Because he is our high priest who intercedes for us. Father, your spirit is interceding for us, speaking to you on our behalf, even when we don't know what to say or how to pray, just the groans from within our hearts. Father, we love you. We thank you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we will thank, thank you, first of all, for doing that. Um, there's power in prayer. And um, Jesus said he, he wanted his house to be a house of prayer. I want, when we gather, for this to be a place of prayer where we come to God unashamedly and lay our request before his throne. Uh, man, that's beautiful. We do not wage war the way that the world wages war. We are in a spiritual battle, and the weapons that we use are spiritual weapons. Prayer is one of the greatest weapons that we have. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to him in prayer. I, I, was, I was singing that. I was singing that over and over this week, but I couldn't think of how the song started. So I got, my, I got it, uh, the, the song book out, and I began to flip through, and I, and, I, and I looked up, take it to the Lord in prayer. That's the way the song ends. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And, I, and I, so I, I, I just went. I thought, oh, well, it's not in this song book. So I, I went in, no, in an older song book. I went through about five song books, and I said, I know that song is in this book. And I don't know what happened, but I was just flipping through, and I stumbled on and I got to the W, I don't know why I was looking in the W's, but all of a sudden, what a friend we have in Jesus. That's the song. Uh, 
What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything, everything to him in prayer. I think I had more I wanted to say this morning, but I think we'll stop there this morning. If you need to come to Jesus, if you've never come to Jesus, what a day, what a beautiful day it would be to give your life, to say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. 